Welcome to In the Spotlight, a regular podcast from the Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Stuart Laundy welcoming you along once again to In the Spotlight, the podcast from the Witham Community Arts Centre here in Barnard Castle, County Durham. We're talking theatre and panto this week, more details coming up, but first I just have a question for you. Is there anybody out there that wants to rock? Unmistakable sound of status quo. Well, almost. That was John Coglan's quo. John Coglan was the original drummer with the group, and after he left, he set up John Coglan's quo to play the tracks from his time in the band in the 70s and very early 80s. Uh, John Coglan's now retired from performing, but the rest of the band continue as Quo Connection, and yes, you've guessed it, Quo Connection are bringing a night of status quo classics to the Witham next year. We'll have full details when Jane Woodward joins me for this week's look at what's coming up. 
Before that, guest presenter Peter Dixon finds out more about this year's Panto, which is The Wizard of Oz. But first, it's actress Liz Grant, who's bringing a new play to the Witham next month. I caught up with Liz a couple of days ago to find out a little bit more. We last saw actress Liz Grant as Clementine Churchill uh, a little earlier this year. This time, uh, she's due back to see us again in November, November the 9th, in fact. And this time, uh, Liz is coming as Enid Blyton. Liz, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Stuart. So, Enid Blyton, noddy, big ears and lashings of controversy. Growing up, I was aware of Enid Blyton. My sister was into the books, but um, I knew nothing about Enid Blyton, the person. So perhaps you'd best tell us a little bit about why she makes such a, a fascinating subject for a stage play. Well, I think <laughs> lots of reasons. Um, she was the most commercially successful British children's writer of all time. She had a huge portfolio of work. And she was also in- incredibly popular with children, but she was equally unpopular with the critics. She had a lot of uh, criticism about her work. She was criticised because uh, people didn't think that it stretched children enough, that that the vocabulary was poor. And so she polarised people in a way that probably no other author has, really. Uh, she also had quite a fascinating private life as well. She... Um, she was very, very close to her father. And when her parents' marriage broke down, that sort of changed her life quite considerably, really. She left home at quite a young age to sort of pursue her teaching and writing careers. Um, but uh, she um, she was married twice. Uh, uh, the first time was not altogether successful, I think. He was a publisher, so he helped her quite a lot. But uh, uh, the, 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 when the marriage broke down, it was quite acrimonious. Uh, and there were other interesting things that uh, I won't I won't spoil it for the the, the watchers of the play but there are other interesting things that uh, that she she did in her life um but she still even though she's been gone many many years she still is a character that causes controversy with within uh, with people uh I think fairly recently the royal mail refused to put her on a stamp uh, because they uh, they still have that uh, that image of her as being she she was obviously accused of being racist and sexist and too middle class and all of those things as well. So it's so she is a fascinating character to play. So without going too much into the to the plot of the play, how do you present her? Do you present her sort of neutral and let people make up their own minds, or or, or do you present her sympathetically or as a as a as a dragon and a villain? And I I think probably neutral really and let people make their own minds up about it i think the script sort of speaks for itself we struggled a little bit as to how we would set the play because um she had alzheimer's at the end of her life so we've sort of not really set it at a particular period in her in her life but more her talking to the audience in a sort of more of a sort of uh, abstract way really so that enables people to then decide make their own decisions about you know how they feel about her it's it's like anybody else you know in most people there is some good and some bad as well there is a balance and i think it's then you decide which which bits you want to take of that really what sort of reaction have you had to the play when you've taken it to other places the reaction's been very very positive um i mean we only uh, previewed it in july so it's the newest of the plays that i do uh, but so far the audiences have been very very uh very responsive to it. Uh, I mean, it isn't a comedy, but it's like life. There are some funny moments in it, uh, and uh, so it's it's 
it's got some light and shade to it as well and the audience are picking up on that quite nicely so that's that's really good uh but yeah so it's it's been fun so far <laughs> you mentioned earlier i think it was late 60s when she died so yes. um what sort of or i mean so i mean that's a, a generation ago i was born in 67 so is it that's is it is it sort of my era my generation who are coming along to watch who who perhaps grown up with her because i suspect that although she's probably still hugely popular that um she's a she's a name that belongs to sort of yesteryear's literature rather than today's literature for children i think in some respects yes um but you've got some iconic characters like noddy and the famous five and the secret seven um books that uh that were then made into television and film and things. And I think that some of that then comes down through the generations. So children will pick up on what their, their parents and their grandparents liked. But yes, I would say that probably the audience is more of of the the generation that would have read her while she was still producing work, I think. Um, and I think it's interesting that when I... Um, I uh, was uh, planning on doing this. I actually had um, four ladies who um, saw me after I'd done uh, the Agatha play and they came to talk to me and said, sort of, what's on the cards next? And I said about Enid Blyton. And three of them said, oh, we loved Enid Blyton growing up. And the other one said, my parents wouldn't let me read it. So it's interesting (laughs) that it's still, there's still that sort of controversy about her. But yes, I think it is probably people of that sort of era that are most interested in her as a person. I think that's the other thing that when you, like you said, you know, you, you're aware of the books, but you're not necessarily aware of the the author and of who she was. So I think if you were a fan of her books growing up, then you want to come and see the play because you want to understand a little bit more about her herself. You mentioned this is the newest of the plays that, you, that you're doing at the moment. Um, what attracted you to this one? Well, we were looking for a character that I, I could play uh, age-wise. Um and also someone that was interesting and someone that people had heard of. That's quite important in a one-person play, I think. And um, she just seemed like the natural uh, one to pick, really. And interestingly, we actually decided to do this play, and this one was written before the Clementine Churchill play. Right. Um, because we decided that we didn't want to follow um, Where Is Mrs Christie with another author. We wanted to do a different character, but we wanted to do Enid Blyton. So that was always on the cards, really. Um, And I'm very glad it it was because she is a fascinating person to play. It sounds like a truly fascinating evening. Uh, Liz, thanks very much for joining us. And a reminder that Enid Blyton, Noddy Big Ears and Lashings of Controversy, comes to the Witham on Thursday, November the 9th at half past seven. Tickets on sale now from the box office, 01833 or online at www.thewitham.org.uk. Thanks very much, Liz. Thank you, Stuart. Hi everybody, this is Josh here, the crazy guy who runs around doing anything and everything. And whilst cleaning mirrors is a job I usually see myself doing, I'm just here to let you know you are listening to the Withams podcast in the spotlight. So with Christmas just round the corner, it's time to think about this year's panto. And yes, we're off to see The Wizard this time. Uh, the Wizard of Oz is coming to the Witham in December. Uh, Peter Dixon went along to the pantomime launch a couple of weeks ago and he spoke to producer Tom Rolfe. 
This year's our third year at the Witham, and it's uh, a brand new production of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, we've done some similar uh, versions of the production in the summer holidays at Scarborough, summer holiday resorts, um, and it was our first show out of COVID. So now it's kind of really built up and ramped up to a, a, another refreshing of that show for Christmas, where we've got brand new costumes and the original story, but nice and pacey, with lots of pantomime fun as well. And uh, just seeing the launch, um, there's some fantastic costumes out there, even before you see the and listen to the uh, actors. T- tell us about those. So a, a lot of the costumes for this production are brand new. We use um, a, a great mixture of costume designers, so, so some local who, who work with closely, um, some from further afield who make some costumes even for... You know, Julie and Clary in Pantomime Land. So there's a great, a great mixture there of different local talent, uh, which a lot of the costumes are local, and some from further afield, and some great designers, and um, some, some great music in the show this year as well. Some really catchy original songs that you'll come away thinking you've been hearing them for years, you know. And tell us a little bit about the cast then. Uh, this year we've got a, a mix of casts. We've got quite a lot of local um, talent and some new talent as well. Uh, Dan, who's playing the Wizards, only from Darwin, so nice and local and, uh, and young talent there, fresh out of college. Uh, we've got some people doing pantomime for the first time, uh, some pantomime veterans. Uh, Lee's a great comic uh, coming up from uh, the Birmingham area around Cannock, and he's going to be playing the Scarecrow, the Silly Billy character. And he's got some great experience there from doing a film, TV, a holiday park circuits, cabarets, stand-up comedy, that kind of thing. So we've got a great mix there. So we're in safe hands there this year. And how do you find Barnard Castle? This is your third year here, isn't it? Mm, so this is the third production. We started with uh, Sleeping Beauty the first year, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk last year, and, uh, and this year for The Wizard of Oz. I feel that third year is the real key to getting to know the audiences, them knowing when it's kind of becomes part of their family tradition now and we know what the audience is like we get their kind of flavour of the menu of choice of jokes slapstick or or kind of um, cleverer jokes that kind of thing and get kind of a build up a rapport there what the audience is like and, and want it's Lee Good um, from the West Midlands and I'm playing the Scarecrow <laughs> so is this your first time in Barnard Castle it is and what a beautiful place isn't it a beautiful town and beautiful surrounding areas? I actually came up for a couple of days and turned it into a little mini break. And yesterday, while I was driving, a massive rainbow appeared right. while I was driving through the dales. Right. And I thought, that's iconic with it being <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. So, yeah, I'm enjoying my time here. Yeah, it's going to be a great uh, Christmas season. So, have you played the Scarecrow before? Isn't I haven't, time? no. I've done pantomime before, but never played the Scarecrow. I've played the Chinese policeman a couple of times in Aladdin. Uh, I've done uh, models in uh, Snow White. Uh, I've done the king and the giant in Jack and the Beanstalk. Multitasking. In the same men can't multitask. Um, and, uh, oh, I've played a robber in Robin Hood. There you go. Very good. And you've got a cracking costume. It's uh, great, isn't it good? Did you make it yourself? Or? No, I didn't make it myself. My artistic and uh, fashion design isn't one of my specialities, but it's, isn't it a great costume? And do you know what that is there, Pete? What, the you straw? Know? No, it's the last straw, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it's a great costume. It's going to be a great show Yeah. Um, for the people of Barnard Castle. They're going to have a great show, some great talent. And um, Tom is uh, the producer who always writes a good script and uh, keeps it um, keeps it pacey. That's the important thing with pantomime. You've got to keep it pacey, keep it pacey. Don't um, elongate things. Keep everybody's interest and keep it moving. So it'll be a great show. It will be a great show. So make sure you come along and see us. 
and the Wizard of Oz runs at the Witham from Friday, December the 15th through to Christmas Eve. There's matinees and evening performances, so there'll be a time to suit everyone. Uh, go online to www.thewitham.org.uk for full details of dates, times and tickets. Hi, this is Sheila. Hi, this is Jim. And we're volunteers and you're, you're listening, listening to In the Spotlight, the Witham's podcast. Oh, it's been a right old panto getting set up in this uh, this little room this afternoon, hasn't it, Jane? Hello. Hello. <laughs> and how are you, Stuart? I'm all right. Wires everywhere. <laughs> Sound check levels. It's a full production, isn't it? It is. It is indeed, yes. We're very professional. But enough of this. Let's talk about what we've got coming up. And as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, we have a fabulous night of status quo coming up next year, don't we? We do. Quo Connection. So this is Saturday the 6th of July, 8 o'clock, and it's former members of John Coglan's Quo, Mick Hughes, Rick Chase, Pete Mace and Russ Chad. Is there anything you want to know about status quo? Because I can probably tell you. They're they're in my top favourite two or three groups and have been for longer than I care to remember. Give us an interesting fact then, Stuart. I don't know. They've sold something like 110, 120 million records. Wow. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. They were the first band I ever went to see right. when I was something like 13 or something like that. Mm. I've spent far too much money on records, tickets, travelling to see them. And I decided I retired from them. When, when the original four members got back together in 2013... I went to see them. I'd never actually seen them. I was too young for, for John Coglin, the drummer still to be in the band. Mm-hmm. And so when the four of them got back together, um, I went to see them up at Glasgow, and they were brilliant. For 45 minutes, they were brilliant, and then they kind of ran out of steam a bit. Mm. And I thought, that's it. I can retire gracefully <laughs> from status quo now, and I've never been to see them since. Oh, I remember my dad liking status quo. Yeah, that's the reaction of a lot of people. <laughs> They have been around for an awful <laughs> yes. long time. So you'll be getting tickets then, Stuart? I will, because they, um, as, as tribute acts go, um, bearing in mind that they played with John Coglin for years, um, they, these are very, very good. They give a very good representation of the proper quo sound. Anyway, get your tickets. Uh, tickets tickets on sale. They're £20 each, and it will be a standing gig um, with limited unreserved seating and a full bar. Marvellous stuff. Now, something a little more highbrow. Yes, um, National Theatre Live. We yes. Have, we have some new dates, I think. We do. Just launched um, on Wednesday. Three productions. The first one in November. And it's Skylight, starring Bill Nye and Carey Mulligan. So that's showing at the Witham on Thursday, the 30th of November. And then in January, we have a new play called Dear England, which stars Joseph Fiennes as Gareth Southgate in a gripping drama of nation and football. Oh. That's on Wednesday, the 31st of January. So that might appeal to a totally different audience. Yeah. hmm Absolutely. And then, finally, in February, um, Thursday, the 22nd of February, we have Andrew Scott starring in a new version of Chekhov's play Vanya. Mm. This was filmed live during a sold-out run in London's West End, and it's being screened exclusively in cinemas, including the Witham, on Thursday, the 22nd of February. So you won't be able to see it anywhere else. Marvellous. I think I'll probably plump for the football one, to be honest. I thought you might. Yes, <laughs> I thought you might. That says, that says a lot about me, I think. <laughs> Status quo and football. There's nothing sophisticated over this side of the studio. Listeners have got a picture now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, what have we got coming up next week? 
Next week, on Thursday, 19th of October, we have Beware of the Bull, an audience without Jake Thackway. So this is John Waterson, who's also known as Fake Thackway. Ah, you see, it all becomes clear. It all becomes clear. He has uh, co-written the first ever biography of um, Jake Thackway, which is called Beware of the Bull, the enigmatic genius of Jake Thackway. And uh, it's described as wonderful, witty wordsmithery. Sounds intriguing. It does. And he's going to be um, singing songs, giving anecdotes and reading. So it's a bit of music, bit of spoken word, bit of poetry, bit of everything, really. Excellent stuff. That's Thursday. And on Friday? Friday, the 20th of October, is the brand new theatre play Beyond Caring. Written by Christina Castling. Our very own Christina Castling. Our very own director of Turrets Youth Theatre, yes. Exactly. Excited about this one. Looking forward to going to see it. It's got rave reviews wherever it's been. It's on tour at the moment around the county and a little further afield. So it should be very, very good. It should. It's a frank, humorous and heartbreaking look at life behind the doors of a care home, but well worth seeing. I was going to say, don't let that put you off. No. I've seen some of the clips from it. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And then... To make you smile on Saturday? We have comedy with Joe Caulfield. Here Comes Trouble on Saturday, 21st of October at 8 o'clock. And if you want to know anything more about either Beyond Caring or Joe Caulfield, scroll scroll back uh, down the back catalogue of the podcast because we've had Christina on as a guest and Joe was on just last week or the week before. I last week, now. yeah, yeah. On yeah. there, so there we go. Very good. Yeah. Right, um, people will want to buy tickets. How they can they will. get them? They can get them by calling the box office. On... 01833 Or online? www.thewitham.org.uk Excellent. Enough of this pantomime. Let's crack on <laughs> with something else. We'll see you next time. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> Bye. Cheerio. And that's more than enough pantomime nonsense for one podcast. Um, That's it. Thanks very much for listening. From uh, everyone at the Witham, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back here next Friday with another podcast. We're going to leave you with some classic status quo. This is a track from 1976 from the Blue For You album. This is Rain.
Thanks for listening to In the Spotlight from The Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Available on all major podcast platforms. So please give us a follow and leave a comment or listen online at www.thewitham.org.uk. We'll be back soon with another episode.